What's up, everybody? This is John Odermatt, the host of Felony Friday. And before we get rolling into today's show, I want to take a quick moment to talk about coffee. That's right, coffee. The Lions of Liberty, we have partnered up with Anarcho Coffee, and we are selling our very own coffee. It's called the Morning Roar. It is a medium dark roast that has cupping notes of lemon lime, caramel, black pepper, and brown sugar. It is delicious. You can pick up some of this coffee by going to lionsofliberty.com slash coffee. We have a way there on your first purchase. You can get 10% off, but if you join the Pride, for $10 and up, you can actually get more than that. You can get 15% off every single order. Buy some coffee, support the Lions of Liberty, support another great libertarian company as well. Everybody wins. Lionsofliberty.com slash coffee. Welcome to Felony Friday a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday, a weekly show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. Of course, Felony Friday, the only show where every single week I focus on exposing injustice in this nation's broken criminal justice system And Felony Friday is only one of three shows that we have here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. We kick off every single week with our longest running program, our flagship program, hosted by Mark Clare. It is a roundtable program from time to time. It is a show where Mark interviews leaders in the libertarian movement. He just interviewed Justin Amash a couple weeks ago. Every Wednesday, we have Electric Liberty Land hosted by Brian McWilliams, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty. And Friday, of course, this show, Felony Friday. Get all three of these shows by subscribing to the Lions of Liberty podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Never miss an episode. Today's episode, Felony Friday, episode 169, means the show notes can be found at lionsofliberty.com slash FF169. Let's get rolling with today's show. My guest today on Felony Friday is Larry Levine. Larry is the founder of the Wall Street Prison Consultants. It's a legal service that provides information and federal criminal litigation assistance to lawyers and, and offenders uh, who are going through criminal proceedings and who are about to enter the federal prison system. Uh, Larry's been a contributor all over uh, the news and cable news on CNN, Fox, MSNBC, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and Larry, this is his second time on Felony Friday. He was on the show way back on episode 99 of uh, of this show. So rather than rehashing, you know, his intro and everything about him. Um, I'll, I'll let Larry do that because honestly, it's probably more entertaining to hear it from him. So Larry, welcome back to Felony Friday. Hey, glad to be back here with you, John. How long ago was I on last time? Episode 99. So we're, it's more than a year ago. Yeah. Well, was it? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, Hey, thanks for having me back. You know, there's a lot of, since I was on with you last, I think a lot has happened in America as far as crime and justice. Yeah, and a lot of uh, a lot of high level, a lot of celebrities, you know, in the news getting in trouble. So you know, we were, we were just talking to her in the Chiefs pre-show chat, and 
Uh, we definitely want to talk about Paul Manafort. We want to talk about Roger Stone. We want to talk about this whole college uh, cheating scandal and hear about all that. But before we get into that stuff, just to give my listeners, you know, just an overview on who you are, on uh, you know, on why CNN and Fox News and MSNBC, why they come to you. Um, so what's what's your your elevator pitch in, in a nutshell? What's your experience in the criminal justice system? I spent 10 years in federal prison. I was in 11 different federal prisons. I learned the system. I learned what works. I learned what doesn't work to the point they actually tried to release me six months early just to get rid of me. (laughs) And they moved me around a lot. That's why I was in 11 different prisons. You know, and that's a big sentence for some guy that was just taking a leak in front of a park ranger in a national forest. And jaywalking. No, actually, I got hit for (laughs) narcotics trafficking, securities fraud, racketeering, obstruction of justice, and machine guns. I was a troubleshooter for organized crime, for the mob. They would bring crime to me, and I'd make crime better. More bang for the buck. So I was like an efficiency expert for the mob. And I took my knowledge and experience when I went into prison, started helping people. And I actually caused the Justice Department to move hundreds of inmates all over the country while I was in custody. I filed a class action habeas single-handedly against the DOJ. And everyone said, you know, to run this business, Wall Street prison consultants, Mm -hmm. wasn't my idea. It was all the inmates that I helped out when I was in custody that said, like, wow, I wish I had met you before I went in and you could have worked with me and my lawyer. I thought, shit, I could turn this into a business. And Mm -hmm. here we are today. And this is why the news media uses me, the mainstream media, because I don't spoon feed bullshit. There's enough bullshit out there, good or bad. I just say things exactly how they are. Just like my clients, I tell them, if I don't know the answer to some I'll just fucking tell you, I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'll find the answer out. And there are other prison consultants out there that, you know, I did 10 years at 11 different prisons, highs, mediums, lows, minimums. And you got people out there that spend 18 or 24 months in a camp mm-hmm. in one facility and they think they're an expert. You can't compare what I know to what they know. You know, it would be impossible, John. Yeah. So I took the whole thing and I turned it into a business. You know, here we are today. Yeah. Well, you've lived it. And for those listeners or I guess viewers who are watching on YouTube, you can see Larry has a, a green screen behind him. And during the uh, we were talking before the show, he actually has a setup now where he can just. I think it's in one of your offices. I think one of your businesses. But you can just go there and then be on CNN or MSNBC, or they can pull you right in. And uh, I can remote. Notice. Now, check this out, people. So we're live on YouTube right now? We're not live on YouTube, no. This will be published on YouTube. Oh, okay. So you're going to edit this down or something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Can I say fuck? (laughs) You can say whatever you want. (laughs) I always do that. You know, when I go down to uh, Fox News is the worst. Those are just a bunch of uptight fucking people. They always remind me, Mr. Levine, we want to remind you this is a family network. And... uh, (laughs) You need to watch what you say. You don't have any surprises for us, do you? And I'll get real serious. I go, well, I guess saying fuck is out of the question then, isn't it? And they're, yeah. I go, well, then I won't say asshole or motherfucker either. And they're just shaking their heads. But uh, 
Oh, man. I put in this studio because I frequently am on different news programs, shows, and networks to give commentary and information on my knowledge on developing situations. I was tired of traveling down. I'm near L.A. I'm about halfway between Santa Barbara and Los Angeles. But still, L.A. traffic, you people know that. For me to get to downtown L.A., to get to Hollywood, to get to these different networks, facilities, that's a drive. When I do an 8 a.m. in New York, it's 5 a.m. in L.A., which means I need to get there at 4 to prep, which means I need to leave at 3, which means I need to wake up at 2 a.m. Well, I got tired of doing it. So I have my own facilities now where I can send out high-def video, quality sound, a quality signal, and essentially, I can be on air with any entertainment or news broadcast network in a matter of minutes, giving you expert commentary. I love That's it. Why. Fantastic. Or you can come on Felony Friday, which or is I way can come on Felony Friday, which is way better than any other crap out there. But uh, so let's talk about some of this stuff. Um, let's let's start out because I know you brought up Paul Manafort, and honestly, the Paul Manafort, his case, his proceedings. You know, I, I have followed the Russia collusion, the, the Mueller stuff pretty closely. But Paul Manafort, honestly, I wasn't that particularly interested in his case just because from the outset, I knew the guy was scum. He's somebody that has played both sides of the political aisle his whole career up. And it, hey, none well, of this. Well, but, John, what's unusual about that? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's welcome to politics in America. Exactly. <laughs> My whole thing with Paul Manafort, yeah, he's guilty. He got a real sweet deal. The first sentence was, what was it, 43 months? Mm -hmm. Then he got his second sentence, was 73 months. And the judge ran it concurrent. Some people thought they were going to run it consecutive, which was one after the other. Mm -hmm. So 73 months, you know, not quite, uh, what is seven times... 12 is a six times 12. Uh, let me see. I don't know. Six and a half years, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Six years. 12 right? times five is 60. 12 times. You think I would know this off the top of my head. It's like six and a half years. Anyway, by the time it's all said and done. Okay. He got, he has, he has time in custody already. Cause remember they popped his bail. They took his bond away. Right. They threw him inside. He's got good time that he's going to get. But he's sitting – he was basically sitting in essentially like a like a suite, wasn't he? It was a pretty well, nice – that's originally – I did a headline news piece on that. Yeah. But he was bragging how well he had it and all this stuff, and he should have kept his mouth shut. What a fucking moron. So they ended up moving him to a regional jail, which is – you know, it's a detention center. It's a real mm-hmm. – it's real custody. But he got credit for it. He wasn't on dead time. Dead time means you're sitting in a correctional facility. You ain't getting shit for anything. It's kind of fucked up. But he got credit for that. And then he gets good time. And then we're going to give him some community custody time. So really, he only had left to serve just over, I think it was 41 months. I did a calculation. How much time does Paul Manafort really, really have? Didn't sound that bad, you know? Mm-hmm. concurrent sentence maybe uh, donald trump would come in and and pardon him it's kind of like a sweet deal but here's the fucking clincher on this 
He's a white collar offender. He's not going to flee. He's got no threat to the community. He's got ties to the community. Mm -hmm. He has no public safety factors. He'd end up going to a white collar. I don't know. Some people call it club fed. He'd go to a white collar minimum security facility. Wouldn't really be that hard. He'd sit around bullshitting with his new best friends for about four years. But if Trump comes along and pardons him, he's got a big fucking problem. Why is that? The state of New York indicted him just after he was sentenced in Virginia. Or no, was it D.C. or Virginia? I think it was D.C. Yeah, I, I think it was D.C. In yeah. D.C. Now he has a detainer on him. Now he has a flight risk on him. The feds will look at the fact he has the outstanding shit in, D- in uh, New York hanging over him. Now he can't go to a minimum security camp. Now he has to go to an FCI low, Federal Correctional Institute low. So instead of hanging out with other scumbag white-collar criminals like himself, now he gets to hang out with drug dealers, bank robbers, child pornographers, and such. Mm -hmm. His new best friends. So now he's at a low. Okay, so Donald Trump comes along, pardons the guy. Guess what happens now, John? What happens then? Well, for one... He's not going to have the protection of the federal system anymore. Right. He's been pardoned. He's not a federal inmate. They're not going to run the sentences concurrent. Now he gets remanded to New York state custody. He gets to go spend his time in a New York state prison. Where would you rather spend your time in a cushy federal joint or a scumbag New York joint? I I would rather just stay out of New York altogether, to be honest with you, prison or otherwise, but... (laughs) But but the point I'm trying to make is he he's going to have a raise in custody. His his conditions will change, and that's a fact. Mm -hmm. And seven years is seventy two months, so we got like seven years and one month. Okay, so he's not going to go to a club fed. That ain't going to happen. He's going to go to a, a federal low, be behind a fence, uh, two fences, barbed wires with cops patrolling the perimeter in trucks with machine guns just waiting to light his ass or someone else's ass up who's trying to go over the wire. What, what, kind, of, uh, what kind of interactions do you think uh, the other prisoners, prisoners will, will have with him? Do you think he's a somebody that'll get you know, pushed around. Will, will he have to be protected from? Eh, I mean, we've got a mindset in America right now. I've never seen divisions like this in the U S for real. Half the people, I don't even say half a good percentage support Trump and the Republicans and a good percentage support the Democrats. Now I've been a registered Republican since I was 18 years old, believe it or not. But I think Trump is a fucking moron. We know he's lying. I mean, everything. He can't even tell the truth about simple shit. Look at the inauguration. I had the biggest crowd in history, and we're looking at it. Oh, you did, huh? Well, gee, I look at Obama's. It wasn't the biggest one. He just said uh, John McCain was the last in his class at Annapolis. That wasn't true either. 
He takes credit for shit that has nothing to do with him. Then you got a certain percentage of people that don't give a shit, really. Mm -hmm. So he goes into custody and he gets into, I don't care if it's a state prison or federal prison, and we've already already established the state joint's going to suck. But he's going to run into people that support him and people that hate him and hate Trump. Do I think anyone's going to assault him? Nah, because before he gets there, the staff will hold a town hall meeting and they'll let the inmates know such and such is going to be showing up. And you know what? Do not screw with him. Remember that he's high profile. The last thing that they need is for something to happen to him while he's in custody because it'll blow back on them and they don't need the problem. That's true. That's a good point. They don't need it. And if somebody turns out to be a fucking troublemaker, I'll just move them. You know, the staff at these institutions, I don't care if it's state or federal, they're under the impression the institution would run much smoother if there were no inmates there and they should still pick up a paycheck. So like a TV is an electronic babysitter. It's not there for the inmates benefit. It's there for the staff's benefit because the staff now has something keeping the inmates busy, keeping their attention. And if they're watching TV, they're not fighting, stealing, trying to escape or breaking the rules. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it'll be culture shock for him. Sure. It's culture shock for everyone. It's culture shock for me. I mean, imagine being pulled off the street, not even knowing you're going to be arrested. You're, I'm, I'm meeting a confidential informant at an El Torito restaurant thinking I'm going to make a narcotics transaction. And uh, there were no drugs. 20 minutes later, a hundred federal agents coming out of nowhere. And then I'm off, you know, I told my daughter, okay, I'll pick you up tonight. Well, daddy didn't come back for 10 fucking years. So I don't know what's easier already knowing ahead of time, or it's like my clients that are, hang on a minute. It's like my clients that are self-surrendering. So anyway, so Manafort, it's going to be a kind of like a fucked up environment for him, but he'll be okay. He'll just have to adapt. It's like a double-edged sword. Trump pardons him. Boom. He's off to fucking New York. And the president has no pardon authority or pardon power. As right. you know. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think maybe I'm wrong. Who the hell knows what Trump will do? I don't think he'll pardon Manafort, but for some reason, I think he's, I think he could pardon who I want to talk about next is, is Roger Stone. And, Roger Stone facing different charges than, than Manafort. I don't know what the time is attached with that. But, uh, I mean, the the raid, I, I think the most ridiculous part of the whole Roger Stone thing was pretty much CNN was notified ahead of time the raid was happening so they could be well, there when, okay. they, when they came to Roger Stone's house. That's a fallacy. I know a little bit about this. Yeah. They were watching Roger Stone's house because they suspected there would be a raid. So they weren't told ahead of time, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to be raiding. They never do that. They can't do that. That's outside of protocol. I, I would assume so. That would be outside Secondly, of protocol. Secondly, people are saying it was a SWAT team. I had to show the difference between a SWAT team and a tactical team. SWAT team is dressed a little bit differently. And this is standard protocol. I have white-collar offenders, these women. Mm-hmm mid thirties and their forties and their fifties, the bookkeepers, accountants, insurance people, 
feds, uh, they know they're going to be indicted sooner or later because their lawyer's been negotiating with the U.S. attorney, the prosecutor. They'll do the federal deal. They'll send out, they, they like to get you 4.35 o'clock in the morning. Or you, they want to get you in your jammies, you know, throw you off and shit. But that's protocol. They're going out to try to get these women. And they're sending out a tactical team, a warrant team. So I didn't see anything out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. They didn't give uh, they didn't give Roger Stone any special treatment. But people don't know this; they don't understand it because they're not privy to how a federal arrest warrant is executed. That's yeah. just what they do. And maybe they had some extra people. There were like two teams there, but not all those people were part of the arrest warrant because. You had supporting casts that were there to gather and collect evidence. So they weren't the ones that really arrested him. It just looked like this big crowd of people. I don't see anything which, wrong. Which, yeah. And I mean, also with it being, and whatever the reason was, CNN's taking his house out. Obviously, with camera angles, um, they can make it look much more dramatic than, than maybe it was. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Well, but, uh, people... I'm not going to mention names of networks, but I have had TV networks, news networks ask me before I go on, can I spice shit up? Can you say some controversial stuff? Yeah, "Yeah, I can do that. Will you get into an argument with someone? Yeah, I can do that. Sure. That's why they love me to go on because I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. No problem. I'm like your rent an asshole sort of where we can do this. But uh, I mean, I suppose when they saw, okay, when a federal raid takes place, they generally have what's called a pre-meet location, maybe about a mile away, Mm -hmm. a 7-Eleven parking lot, wherever, where everybody shows up, People show up, the agents, the supervisors. They go over a final briefing. They show up at the subject's house, their location, and they do their shit. How do they know that uh, Roger Stone, who's he's a fucking lunatic, he is. How do they know he wasn't in there with a shotgun or a pistol? They don't know. So they do that for everybody's safety, to contain the situation. His problem is that he is constantly antagonizing the judge by violating court orders, not following policy and procedure. Yeah, what did he say recently about the judge? Didn't he? I don't recall exactly. He made some stupid fucking. This would be like, John, this would be like you have a trap, or you or I have a traffic ticket. And we're going to appear in front of this judge in a couple days to get sentenced on our ticket. The judge has a lot of leeway. All right, well, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a probation. I'm going to give you a $100 fine. I'm going to give you community service, or I'm going to give you 100 days in jail. Are you going to publicly go out and put a picture of this judge who's going to pass judgment over you with a target and a bullseye behind them? You don't fucking antagonize the person who's getting ready to send you. 
That's just stupid. That's no, that's beyond stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, stupid and beyond. So what what kind of time is Roger Stone looking at? I want to say he's looking at about 60 months. He doesn't have any criminal history. If you take a look at the U.S. sentencing guidelines, he's probably around level 27 to 70 months. So let me see. That's five years, 10 months. I want to say he's around level 25, 26. You know? what is, so what, what does that mean? Can you, can you break down what that level oh, would be? Okay. The U.S. sentencing guidelines, which we've mm-hmm. all gotten a dose of. I happen to know it really well. It's a breakdown. In fact, I have a copy. Hang on a minute. Okay. The U.S. Sentencing Guidelines chart. They have established offense levels. In other words, different crimes have different offense levels. So if you're selling drugs, you're at one offense level. And then depending on the quantity, the weight of the drugs, it moves up. Mm-hmm. The higher the offense level, the larger the sentence. Right, right. And in a monetary crime case involving fraud, the higher the dollar amount, the higher the offense level. Mm-hmm. They will give you enhancements, more than minimal planning, leadership role. Um, you affected a financial institution, multiple victims, sophisticated scheme. This is kind of some of the shit that's going to happen to these people in the uh, – the college cheating scandal. Right, right. But uh, when it's all said and done, I think he's going to get about five years. He won't do the whole five, and he'll probably he'll probably end up getting pardoned. He will. <laughs> but uh, Roger Stone, maybe sixty months. The feds put everything in months. It's confusing. But. He can get obstruction of justice, though. I mean, who knows where he's going to end up? Mm-hmm. His case is still being litigated. He hasn't taken a plea. Yeah, I guess, I guess there's always the chance that he could beat the feds. Is, is there a chance he could win on this? Well, you know what? I suppose one day, John, you could be the king of England, and I can fly up in a space shuttle. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget it was if it was you last time, or, or if it was RDAP, Dan, or another prison consultant. The feds have a ninety-seven percent success rate. Yeah, yeah. It's basically, I think it was you that told me if if you get in a federal case, look for they a plea deal. On you. Yeah. They, they the got the, they got you. Well, here's the way the feds work. Here's the example. I give the same example to my clients. Feds come along and they take a big shovel and they load it up with horse shit. That's your charges. Then they hold that shovel next to a barnyard wall. Then they turn on a big fan and all this shit blows off the shovel and hits the wall. It's a good visual. Now they know that all that shit isn't going to stick on the wall and that's your charges. So they'll stack charges on you. Then the shit starts falling off while your charges Mm -hmm. start falling off. Yeah, it is something you can visualize. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So they could stack charges on him or anyone. Then they'll try to get him to plead out. I mean, a lot of times the feds try to play a game. Well, either you take this plea agreement or we're going to indict your wife. I mean, they do mm-hmm. that all the time. They love doing that shit. 
So yeah, I mean, well, isn't isn't that partially what you what probably was going on? Like a lot of people, you look at the Mueller investigation, right? And you have Manafort, you have Stone. Who, 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 there were a bunch of people indicted. Who, who, who am I missing? Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen, of course. Michael Cohen, really indicted with nothing related to uh, well, Russia conspiracy. I did or- a I did an article in New York Magazine that got a lot of exposure on Michael Cohen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Nostradamus is what they said, because I predicted the future. And it came down just like Larry Levine said it would, that he's not going to go into custody. They would extend this out for several months. They would use him in the future investigations, and he may never go in. Really? He's supposed to go in in May. I mean, this is back in December I was spouting this shit, Mm -hmm. that his sentence is a hoax. He's already gotten sentenced. That's a done deal. That sentence is in stone. It is. Now, let's say, uh, let's say, let's say RDAP. Forget about it's RDAP Dan. Let's just use the term RDAP. Right, right. Somebody goes into custody and they have a substance abuse issue. They take the RDAP program. They're eligible to get out early. So they got a five-year, 10-year sentence. That's your sentence. You're not going to lower your sentence. Your sentence always stays the same. But getting an early release is an entirely other matter. It doesn't change your sentence. It just gets you out early. So when you look at Michael Cohen, I was the one that brought up the term 5K1. You know what 5K1 is? Substantial assistance. Rule 35. Rule 35 is substantial assistance after the fact. Okay. So he's already got sentenced in one case. But now he's cooperating with the people up here is my Girl Scouts. Hang on just okay. a minute, okay? Are you tired of banging your head against the proverbial wall of politics and getting nowhere toward actually making your life more free? Are you tired of interview podcasts that have the same guests as every other libertarian interview podcast out there? Are you tired of hearing the same news stories that you can hear on the mainstream media? then you need to listen to The Lava Flow, where we don't do politics and we don't do the major stories that exist only to divide you. We talk about news that affects you and your freedom, and we work to find solutions that can actually help you to be more free. Check us out at thelavaflow.com. Listen to We Are Libertarians at wearelibertarians.com. My name is Chris Spengel, and I host a show where we talk about the stories you and your friends are talking about, and then we give you libertarian solutions so you sound smarter when you're talking to your friends. We're going to make you sound like a genius. Tune in now at wearelibertarians.com. Are those dry, boring, run-of-the-mill political talk shows putting you to sleep on your commute or at work? Are you ready for some fun? Look no further, Blast Off with Johnny Rocket is a Seattle-based podcast expressing viewpoints of free markets, voluntary exchange, badass music, wicked banner, and of course, drinking. The Blast Off doesn't shy from the truth, but always brings the party. Let's rock and roll, Raylene. Bring it on, Johnny. You can check us out at thelaunchpadmedia.com forward slash Blast Off. Again, that's thelaunchpadmedia.com forward slash Blast Off. Launchpad Media. Always launching ideas in your direction. Made the Girl Scouts Day. I gave them uh the girl needed like a merit badge or something or other. She needed oh, yeah? a first aid kit. 
to, I don't know, get whatever. So I just, oh, that's you know awesome. what? This is my public service. There Here you, you go. go. There should back. Be no more. There should be no more interruptions, but I don't like to disappoint the kids. <laughs> Larry Levine with a heart of gold. I love it. My ex-wife said I didn't have one ounce of human kindness. <laughs> she well, died three years ago. Well, that's not funny. She wrote a letter to my judge. This is good mm. for the show. My ex-wife, my dead ex-wife, wrote a letter to my judge before I was sentenced and told them about crimes they didn't even know about and told the court to give me as much time as possible. What a wonderful woman. I signed a plea agreement for 70 months, picked up 120 months. Did she have any bearing on the court? That's up to you to decide. The shit that I did was outside the statute of limitations. So right. I don't know. Did it count? I was done anyway. I mean, narcotics trafficking, securities fraud, racketeering, yeah. obstruction of justice, machine guns. I was no altar boy. See, mm -hmm. the difference between me and all these pieces of shit in Washington, I was guilty of sin and I admitted it. I put after my name to this day. You know, people put their little initials and shit. I'll put P period C period. People are looking at that. Well, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. it means professional criminal. I admit that. Or I'll put MFN. Stands for means fucking nothing. I'm not in denial. I broke mm -hmm. the law. I went to prison for 10 years. I didn't fucking whine and cry about it. Poor Michael Cohen. He might go into custody for for 36 months or whatever it is. He might go to a camp somewhere. Oh, I need my kosher food. Like, tough fucking titty, you little bastard. I did more fucking time than that on the toilet while I was locked up. These people need to step up, and they don't. They whine and they cry, and I know this isn't what you want to talk about, but it, it gets to me. The people need to take responsibility for their actions. I think, I mean, I think it's actually a good a good spot to pivot. Speaking of people whining and crying, to pivot from, uh, you know, the Mueller people and those indictments to the Hollywood cheaters, because I think we're going to hear a lot of whining and crying okay, and bitching so and moaning. We're going to go from the scumbags in Washington to the scumbags in Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. So we can do this. Well, all right. I don't know if you want to give like fir first give sort of a, an overview on what you know about the case and well, let's talk about when somebody goes to you want to get into a college mm -hmm. you have to take the s we've all done it well I suppose there might be some illiterate motherfuckers out there that haven't but <laughs> you take the SAT you take the PSAT you get scored and based on your score. And based on extracurricular activities you participated in while you were in high school, community service, whatever fucking do-gooder shit you did, the school looks at this and they assign a point system to that. And based on the, I was going to say inmates, but based on the students, based on your score. Same as inmates, students, yeah, inmates, same, same thing. Based Based on your score, it's not like the sentencing guidelines, but it is. Yeah. That determines whether or not you're going to be able to enter that institution, that university. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine that 
your kid isn't real bright. Let's say that you have a son named Eric and Donald. Okay. I don't want to mention any names, you know, and uh, they, their father lives in Washington and Eric and Donald you. are trying to get into school. They're trying to get into nursing school. I don't know. They're kind of like Beavis and Butthead. Remember them, Eric and Donald? Well, I do. That was, that was a great show. I, I love that show. Yeah. I, I you know what? I watch it on YouTube still. I, oh, yeah? I just laugh my ass off. But <laughs> you've got some kids that aren't real bright. Yeah. And you're sitting on, shit, some of these people were billionaires. So let's say that uh, your father is a billionaire developer in New York. And um, you've got a son named Jared. And you want Jared to go into a really, really good school, maybe like Harvard. Right. Mm -hmm. Except Jared, he's not stupid, but Jared's not really on the ball. He's not Harvard smart, right? Well, <laughs> who am I to say? Yeah. You know, the Kushner families actually have more money than the Trump family. You know that? Because Trump's money is on paper. And Jared's father's already been to prison. So they're keeping it all in the family. <laughs> right, right. The point is that you want your kid to go to a really good school. So your kid's going to go take the SAT. And you've got like a private setting to take the SAT. I suppose they do that. They can do that. And the proctor, that's the person that gives the test, is standing behind them, pointing out, you know, change this, change that, essentially giving them the answer. I imagine... John, you and I don't know what goes on behind closed doors in these tests. No. For all we know, that hell, the proctor could have been the one taking the test. Yeah. Well, they said that this is just the tip of the iceberg. Well, you know. Okay. This particular, what was it, like 93 people or something? I had a list on my Oh, page. yeah. It's, yeah. And I can, yeah, you had it in a Facebook post. I looked, yeah, I copied the whole, there's, yeah. there's a lot, a yeah, lot I of people. Get a copy of that. Imagine that. And, um, so your kid's not real bright. They've got to take the SAT. You've got a proxy take the SAT for them. All of a sudden, they're way up here in their score. Wow, look at that. Johnny got an A+. Plus. You know, Johnny can, uh, can't even fucking chew bubble gum and tie his shoes, but somehow he's a Rhodes Scholar or something. And they're getting their kids into these institutions, into mm -hmm. these schools. And they're bribing. They're paying a bribe to do this. I mean, in some cases, I think it was Aunt Becky. I always liked Aunt Becky. She was my. I think she was my favorite on Full House, Aunt Becky. I always liked Aunt Becky, too. Well, you know what? You're a little younger than I am, but you probably had those late-night Aunt Becky fantasies like we all did. <laughs> I know I did. But Aunt Becky, she married... Isn't her husband like a billionaire, like fashion designer or something? Ma Massimo, but I don't know what his, yeah, something. I didn't even know he existed. I didn't know he existed though. either. <laughs> the point is the guy's fucking loaded. Between the two of them, they're loaded. Massimo Giannulli or something like that? Yeah. yeah, Italian, huh? Yeah. She likes Italian sausage. <laughs> so Aunt Becky and Hubby forked out half a million dollars to get their little school, to get their girls into USC. 
Mm-hmm. You know what USC stands for? Well, I know what it stands for, but I think you have something better. University of Spoiled Children. Yeah, I believe that. So they spent half a mil to get their kids in there. Now, one of the daughters is like a blogger or something. I think her name is Jade. Yeah, she has a big YouTube following. Yeah, she's well, a, she doesn't need to go to school. She can just make money on that. Hey, are the Cardassians in school? I don't think so. You know, the only good thing about Trump being president is we don't have to hear about the Cardassians every day, do we? Well, I think I think Kim might have gone to school for uh, videography, cinematography, because that's how she got famous, you know. With the other ones, have no redeeming value other than having sex with black foot, uh, black basketball players. What the yeah, fuck yeah. is this? The point is that these children were unqualified to go to these to these schools. They paid off money, and uh, I think it was Jade, one of uh, Becky's daughters, Lori Laughlin. Excuse me, I like mm-hmm. calling her Becky because it's easier that, that way. Idea. I like it. I okay, keep, we'll keep call her Aunt Becky. Becky. Well, one of Aunt Becky's daughters was nice enough to make a video that ended up on YouTube and social mm-hmm. media that said that she really didn't want to go to school or something. She was just there for the frat parties yeah. and the social experience. So now you've got a, a brainless fucking moron taking a space up for somebody who really could have used that space at the university. And part part of it was how she got in too was uh, a rowing team. They said they were was, rowers or something. Yeah, the the crew. Yeah, the, and they never even never even did it. They never even did it in high school either. But that's it's. I, I, when they say this is the tip of the iceberg, I think it easily could be. I mean, this stuff well, could be. Okay. That is just this group of people. Exactly. There's other people. I'd bet my left and right nut on this. Usually it's just my left nut. I bet my right and left nut. There are other groups of people that are completely unrelated to this fraud scheme that are doing exactly the same thing. And maybe they're a little more small time. Maybe it's not as much money. Maybe it's as much money. But, I mean, think about it. If you have people – I know when I was – Good in high school, taking the SAT and all that stuff. Parents would put their kids in classes to learn how to take the SAT and to, to test the, the best on it. Well, why wouldn't they just pay someone to take it or no, you know, pay off a proctor in order to help them help their kid do better on the exam? I mean, this is this is common sense stuff. If if a uh, incentive exists for cheating, people that have money and the means to do it are going to do it. It's like that in any crime. Yeah. Money means motive. Mm-hmm. We know why they're doing it. And what's ironic is that the feds didn't even know about this. That there was some guy, I forget his name. I don't yeah, recall was, his name. Well, well, he was, he was on, I think, on Wall Street. And he was I in forget his name too. Something else completely unrelated. Right. And he said, you know what? I know something that might be of more value to him. Remember we were talking about 5K1 for cooperation mm-hmm. in Rule 35? Well, that's his Rule 35. Yeah. He won't go into custody. So he gave up. He built a case, 93 people. And all these businessmen, I think it was today or yesterday, I read about it today. 12 of these people entered not guilty pleas today or yesterday in the last couple of days. 
not guilty. Okay, they're not guilty of doing this. They're probably guilty of sin because when the feds build a case on you, they've got a pretty good fucking idea. What you've done, what you're doing, what you're involved in. Yeah, and there's going to be a paper trail, right? I mean, well, you can't. There is. You can't move around this much money without a paper but trail. But they're pleading not get. Well, the fact is, their kids were in the institution. Yeah. They go and interview. They look at their grades in high school. They see they were like walking morons or something, right? Mm-hmm. There's your first clue. These people didn't. They weren't qualified to uh, to go to this institution to go to this school. So you backtrack from there. All right, well, where did they test at? Who was their proctor? Yeah, you follow the money. Now, these people aren't going to want to go into custody. They're not. So people that have a lot of money know shady people. They do. They're paying people off. They're doing shit. Do you watch that show, Billions? I haven't. I've heard it's excellent, though. I've not seen it. It's one of the few shows I watch. Yeah. But rich people, powerful people, they do shady shit. They know shady people. Money corrupts. It does. They know other people that are doing illegal things that are not completely, that aren't even related to this education scam. So you can bet that the U.S. attorney is going to fire up the 5K1 machine. And these people are going to give names of other people, again, completely unrelated to the college scandal, and they're going to open up more cases. So let's call the guy that turned them all. I think his name was John Riss or something like that. We'll call him like, uh, it's kind of like a virus where you have like an epidemic. They have patient mm-hmm. zero. He's the first one. We'll call the guy on Wall Street. We'll call him defendant level one. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to call all these people in the cheating scandal. They're like defendant level two. They're going to give up more people that aren't even related. There is defendant level three. Those other people are going to give up more people. So do you see mathematically how that one guy who was in trouble for fraud, the financer, now has created a potential or shit, we can have hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people. Mm hmm indicted for crimes the feds didn't even know about well this is why the feds operate that way where they find a pressure point and just push and push and then they that that turns into more just like you're saying i i mean i got obstruction of justice because i wasn't truthful and forthcoming you know the judge said that i was i i don't find that the defendant mr levine is truthful and forthcoming i'm thinking you old bastard i'm not here to make cases for you but if the feds didn't have I wrote a poem about him. Uh, the judge sat, the old senile judge sat on his bench, spewing out his, his venomous stench. I had a lot of time on my hands in 10 years. But that's how the system works. The, mm-hmm. the judicial system in America, especially the feds, John, it's designed to create informants. It is. Mm-hmm. They want people telling on people. Imagine if nobody told on anyone. Imagine we talked before about the 97% conviction rate. Mm -hmm. That's because people plead guilty. 
you know, uh, well, we're going to give you a four-year uh, guilty plea. We'll give you four years. If you plead out, well, you can go in the drug program and you'll get some good time and some halfway house and you really aren't going to do four years. Or you can take this to trial and we're going to give you 10 years. So what are you going to do? Yeah. You can take the plea. Now, you got some people that don't take the plea. They're a special kind of stupid because, you know, people know their crimes. They do. Mm-hmm. People know what they're involved in. Are they going to plead innocence? I'm, they're going to plead ignorance. I had a guy I was locked up with. He was a doctor. He was a, what was this son of a bitch? He was a podiatrist. Okay. Okay. And he got hit on a, like a $5 million Medicare scam. I don't, some type of medical billing scam. I don't know if it was Medicare, but something like that. And I asked him, well, how is this possible? And he tells me, well, I really had nothing to do with it. It was my billing company. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, they said the fraud went on for this many years. And what did you collect on each person? Mm -hmm. And I did the math. I said, well, I think you're full of shit because based on what you're telling me, how much fraud there was and how many patients there were, that meant that you would have had to have seen like maybe 35 or 40 people a day. Did you see 35 or – and I go, and you only worked four days a week, and some of those days were half days. So did you see 40 people in a half day? His name was Gary. I'm not going to say his last name. Did you see 40 people a day? I mean, if you saw one every 15 minutes, there's four an hour. Yeah. <clears throat> you can't, you can't, can't do it. see yeah. that many people in four fucking hours. I said, so you didn't know? Didn't you find it a little unusual? I said, I don't believe you. And I tell clients this now. I got people fucking lie to me all the time. And I listen to them like, "Uh uh-huh. I shake my place stupid. I shake my like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. I let them finish. I go, is there anything else you want to tell me? And they Mm -hmm. go on and on. I go, all right, listen up, stupid. I call my clients stupid and numb nuts. I do. I don't give a fuck. I go, I don't fucking believe a word that you've said. They said, that's outlandish. I said, mm-hmm. I don't believe you. I don't even know you. And if I don't believe you, the FBI is not going to believe you. And if the FBI doesn't believe you, the judge certainly isn't going to believe you. So why don't we start over and let me help you for what you've paid me for instead of sitting here and we're jerking each other off. I said, look, you want to spoon feed me bullshit. It's your fucking money. Mm-hmm. But I can really help you. So let's get down to what really happened. And it's like, I got to fucking pull this out of people. They whine and they cry and they complain. And the people that say it's not fair. I go, well, what's not fair? I didn't ask you. Did your wife come to you in the middle of the night and say, honey, you know, I need you to commit fraud. Yeah, she enjoyed the money. Sure, she did. Mm-hmm. But you did this on your own. You did this on your own free will. You knew it was illegal. You knew you weren't supposed to steal $2 million from your employer. You knew you weren't supposed to submit fraudulent insurance claims. I have one lady. I'm not going to say her name. She went into custody. She recently called me. She's really not a client. I've given her some free advice. 
this lady stole, she embezzled a half a million dollars from her employer. Her employer was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. She didn't spend the money on herself. She took the money and she donated it to an animal shelter that had what? all these animals. She ended up doing like 24 months in state prison for this several years ago. And now they're coming after her for restitution. Just there's issues. Wow. But it's like, all right, I get your crime. I understand it. You know those commercials you see late at night, John, where they have the puppies? Can't you help poor Sparky here? Don't you dig deep. Don't you have an extra dollar and a half? It's just a dollar a day. She saw one of those commercials? Well, I think she saw a whole bunch of those commercials. She gave, that, see, in my convoluted fucking logic that I use, yeah, she's a criminal, but her heart was in the right place. She didn't do this for herself. Would these people miss this money? No, they wouldn't miss it at all. But she still broke the law. It was still their money. Mm -hmm. If they wanted to donate to an animal shelter or animal relief, that was up to them. It wasn't her call. Right, right. She didn't get that much time, but she's got to pay the fucking money back. But people commits like Bernie Madoff. Did Bernie Madoff like come out of the womb? Bernie, Bernie Madoff's like five years old. Well, what do you want to do when you grow up, Bernie? I want to be a criminal. I want to be a fraud artist. I want to, I want to rip steal. off a bunch of people and steal their retirement. Yeah, yeah. I want to steal billions of dollars. The, his, okay, the scale of his crime is really high. But take your typical white-collar offender. How do you think they get involved in this, John? Do you know how it even starts? I, I would assume that uh, it's it's something that starts small and maybe grows, and then you know they they don't want to exactly. say anything to stop it. They don't want to lose their job, and it just kind of turns into okay something like that. Somebody was in a situation; could be anybody. They had a situation develop. They needed money. They had an opportunity to commit fraud. It was easy. Mm -hmm. The more they did it, the easier it got. And they, they justified their actions. So it's kind of like people in custody. They weren't really bad people. It's people that got caught in a jam. They looked for an easy way. And their easy way was to steal, commit mm -hmm. fraud. They're not violent offenders. They're not, I don't want to say they're good people, but they're not bad people. Maybe they lack some morals. The lady who donated the money to the uh, animal shelter, was she a bad person? No. Probably a good person. But she took the money that didn't belong to her. Right. So people aren't born, other than me, people aren't born criminal. I was born a criminal. You know, <laughs> when, when I was, you know how in uh, kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman and all yeah. this shit. I said, I want to be a pirate. <laughs> I want to rob and steal. Well, you know what? I never stole. Yeah. I, I draw the line there, but I'll, I would break the law. Okay. Okay. Selling drugs. You know the difference between a consensual crime and a non-consensual crime? Well, drugs are, I mean, th those are consensual transactions. All right. Nobody asked you. Nobody consented or asked you, gee, you know, I work at 7-Eleven or wherever at, uh, at uh, Circle K. Can mm -hmm. you come in there and rob me and maybe put a bullet in my fucking arm or something? That's a non-consensual crime. Right, right. You assault my wife? 
non-consensual crime. Hey, can you sell me a bag of weed? That's consensual. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, what state are you in? Where are you at? Pennsylvania. You're in Pennsylvania. Have you been down to visit Bill Cosby lately? Or no, no, no I have not. Didn't make. Wait, is he? Down? Is he? So he? I forgot about that. Bill Cosby's in prison right now. That's right. Yeah, he's in a state prison in Pennsylvania. I did a bunch of. I did a bunch of headline news on that, and I did some inside edition on that. Yeah, his trial pop right now. General population. He's blind, he's isn't he? Or at least he says blind. he's blind. What's that? He's blind, isn't oh, yeah, he? Bill Cosby sure is <laughs> fucking blind. Now they say that he's in general population and he's enjoying it and he has a lot of respect. Yeah, well, the general population he's in is a medical general population unit. He's not out on the yard rubbing shoulders with violent killers and offenders. It's bullshit. And that he's managing it now, and he wants to do this and that. Well, yeah, they got that cocksucker on fucking meds. He's doing the federal shuffling shit. They're filling him with psych meds. That's why yeah. he's like that. He's not scared. People go and they badmouth me, and they tell him, oh, you don't know what you're talking about and all this shit. And I go, really? Well, based on your custody experience, why don't you explain to me? So I got all these pansy-ass cocksuckers telling me about prison. They, oh, I know all about that. Well, really, explain to me. So you have experts, John, that have never spent one day in a jail, mm-hmm. one day in a prison, and they're an expert. It, it's nonsense. You know, I respect Dan Wise. I really do. RDAP mm-hmm. Dan. We both know him. Doing a good thing helping people. Dan spent, I don't know, 18 months in one prison. Mm -hmm. Dan knows a very, very limited segment of the judicial system. I, you know, he calls me sometimes for some advice and such. Well, he he knows from personal experience. It's not to say that he couldn't learn more. Along the way. Yeah, you could. It's like a lawyer going to law school. Aren't mm-hmm. you a lawyer? I'm not a lawyer. No. Oh, I was going to say we wouldn't hold that against yeah. you. I'm not I'm not a scumbag. No. A scumbag. <laughs> you know why I'm not a lawyer? Because I'd have to have ethics. <laughs> but the point is that he's doing a good thing by helping people, but he's, he lacks the experience. You have to really live it to know it. I'm in 11 different facilities over 10 years. Highs, mediums, lows, minimums, dealing with the whole gamut of inmates. I know Mm -hmm. the judicial system and the feds from the day the feds kick your fucking door in, arrest you, you're either out on bond, you're on pretrial, you're in in detention. Now you got to worry about getting discovery. Eventually you get a plea agreement. You're going to get a probation report. There's going to be sentencing memorandums, psychological reports, Mm -hmm. judgment and commitment orders, a gamut of shit. I know all this stuff because I lived it and I help people. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know the court system. He doesn't know the court system. He's not a stupid guy. He just doesn't know it because he didn't live it. And that's like the armchair experts that are out there. They claim they know about shit they've never experienced. And there's going to be people. 
I haven't looked at your stuff. Are there comments that people can leave on this once you get it on there? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll go on CNN and I'll repost on YouTube Mm -hmm. on a subject. And there'll be all these people that will say that I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about. And that's not how Mm -hmm. it is. That have never spent one fucking minute in custody. Well, the, the YouTube the YouTube comment section is notoriously filled with just the garbage of America. I mean, it's it's the worst the worst place to to even read. It is what it is. But there's going to be people on right now saying, "Look at that asshole with his dark sunglasses, who's saying this shit that." doesn't have the first fucking clue what he's talking about. And they really don't know. You know what? I have something for them. They can kiss my ass because they really, they don't know. So you assholes, I love John, but you assholes that are watching this that don't have a clue, you go spend some time in custody before you fucking second guess what I'm saying. Or even RDAP Dan, who only did 18 months. Get yourself some real experience before you go and start second-guessing other people who have lived it and done it. Well, that's why I love having you on, Larry, because you're not afraid to, to get dirty. You're not afraid to tell people exactly how you feel, and, and I love that. And uh, well, people, wait, but people need that, John. They do. They it's do. like it's like uh, people spoon feeding bullshit. There's there's other consultants out there that'll tell people that they can get the second chance act, which gets you extra halfway house and RDAP at the same time. The math doesn't work. The progress doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to get you out early. They're telling them they're going to get them out early before they've even gone in. Is is that well not with the Second Chance Act, but we talked about it on last week's show a little bit. Where, where were those guys? Up in uh, the Midwest somewhere. RDAP consultants. Oh, not the ones be, that got arrested. Yeah, not to be confused with RDAP Dan, but yeah, RDAP consultants or something like that. Was RDAP was Dan on last week? No, 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 no. I just didn't. Yeah, just not the okay, same. Okay, these yeah. guys, RDAP law consultants. They yeah. were in Ohio actually. And only one or two of them had been in custody. I had had, I never had personal dealings with them, mm-hmm. but I would have people that contacted them then contacted me. They were like used car salesmen. They would coach you on getting an RDAP and tell you to lie and say you had a drug or alcohol problem. Uh, they would like write out this whole thing. They'd give you like a set of instructions to commit fraud. Hmm. They would email it to you. A fucking stool. Let's let's create a chain of evidence on our fraud. And well, it sounded problem- like at least there because there was a lady who I think went on RDAP Dan's show who was one of their clients who made it sound like they were coercing people into doing this. Yeah. Um, God, her husband is on my Facebook page. I talked okay. to her. Her name was Lynn. Lynn Esposito yeah, yeah, yeah. or something. The feds are pissed at them because there's only so many spots in a prison for someone to take RDAP to get out mm-hmm. early. And it's for people that really have alcohol and drug problems. So they're taking money fraudulently, enticing people to lie. That's illegal. The money is being transmitted by PayPal, 
wire transfer. Okay, mm -hmm. so there's wire fraud. Gee, just send me a check through the mail. Oh, okay, well, there's mail fraud. Yeah. All kinds of fraud. And they were taking spots for people that probably really had a substance abuse issue. So they were defrauding the Justice Department. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I get people that call and I say, look, I'm not going to tell you what to say. That would be illegal. I will tell you what it is they're looking for. That's different. This is what they are looking for to admit somebody in the program. I will set you up with a retired BOP federal prison psychologist who will interview you and write a report based on what you say, but I'm not going to tell you what to say. I'm going to tell you, this is the criteria that you must have to get in the program. Mm -hmm. What you say is up to you. Right. I tell people right off the fucking bat, I'm not a lawyer. I can't give you legal advice, right? but I can look at your indictment. I can explain the law to you. I can explain the statutes to you. I can tell you what it is you're facing. I can tell you, well, if this was me, I would do this. But anything you do is between you and your lawyer. You need to discuss that with your lawyer. This is why lawyers hate me because people hired me. Now they're educated overnight. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, they've got like a working understanding of this shit. It's like they're calling the lawyer, well, you really need to look. I'll go to page seven of my indictment on paragraph four, where it says such and such and such. Isn't it true, even though it says that, that maybe I'm not guilty based on this or that? Mm -hmm. So I'll do an assessment of their indictment, and I'll break it down for them. I'm not giving them legal advice, but I'm explaining it to them. I have never had a problem with a U.S. attorney, a prosecutor. I had a problem with the California State Bar not long after I got out. They said that I was practicing law without a license. Really? Yeah, they did. So I explained to this investigator, I says, well, the way the federal system works, it says, that one inmate may assist another inmate with legal work. And he said, well, you're not an inmate anymore. I go, maybe. I said, I'm on supervised release. And because I'm on supervised release, it's kind of like probation, but it's not. Hmm. People who are on supervised release have habeas corpus rights. And the federal statutes say that the only people that have habeas corpus rights are those that are in custody. So based on the fact that the feds say I'm still in custody, I can do this. Now, if you'd like to come down to my office, we can discuss this. By the way, here's the name of my probation officer who is well aware of what I am doing. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can give him a call and you can explain to him what I, why what I'm doing is illegal. So I can explain it to both of you again. Do you have any other questions? <laughs> and you know what? I never heard from that cocksucker yeah. ever again. Well, that's great when you use their own rules against them. I mean, that's what I did. In, look, yeah. I had a prison psychiatrist say that I treated the federal prison system like it was my own personal adult amusement park. <laughs> that I just had such a good time in there. Fucking with people, but I was helping people. 
When you mm-hmm. come to custody, it's not the staff that's going to help you. Staff are, like I said earlier, staff are under the impression that institution would run much smoother if there were no inmates there. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's the other inmates that are going to help you and give you guidance, but you got to watch them too. Because you're going to get people giving their opinion. I give my opinion, but I'm a qualified opinion. They're telling you shit. It's like, I'll get a phone call from some woman. Well, my husband said, da, 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 da. I go, really? Where do you hear that? Well, he heard it from another inmate. I go, well, that's complete bullshit. She goes, well, my husband wouldn't lie to me. And I go, I believe you. He wouldn't lie to you. The fact is the person who told him this shit didn't have the first fucking clue when they told him. So, you've got a moron telling an uninformed person who's telling their wife that doesn't have, but a thimble full of fucking brains. And so by the time they're calling me, they're like, you know what I mean? Things get convoluted. When I was in custody, remember I was in 11 different correctional facilities. They moved me around a lot. I have no idea why. It's because I was helping people. They didn't fucking like it is why. (laughs) I would start a rumor in the morning. I'd have my morning rumor. I'd say, hmm, let me see. And I would come up with this outlandish fucking rumor. And I would tell it to a half a dozen people. And they would repeat it to other people. And they would repeat it to other people. Nobody ever caught on to that? (laughs) People. I'd say, you know what I heard? They go, what? Well, I heard such and such. But I would start the rumor and tell these people, and then it would make its way through the institution. And then periodically throughout the day, people would repeat back to me, you know what I heard? I go, no, what did you hear? And they would tell me my own rumor. And by 6 o'clock at night, by the time that rumor got back to me for the 10th fucking time, it was nothing at all what I initially said. Right. Like the telephone game. Yeah, like the staff. I would tell the staff shit too. Just keep them off center. I know. I, I made the best of prison. I mean, the best advice I could give your listeners, mm-hmm. our yeah. listeners, people out it. there, don't break the law to begin with. Eventually you'll get caught. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but they'll catch you. Cause remember, there's always some cocksucker out there that you ran your fucking mouth to who may get in trouble. And you might be paying off some fucking SAT administrator. Nobody knew about it. Well, they do now, don't they? Yeah. There's somebody out there that's going to sell you and give you up. But if you've got to go into custody, use your time wisely. I spent my time in the law library. I learned the system. I didn't know this shit before I went in. I was a private investigator. I had been a military intel officer. I was involved in some stuff. I didn't know the federal fucking judicial system. But I kept my ears open, my mouth shut, and I helped people. I learned what worked and what didn't work. And that's the bottom line. That's what you need to do. You should be preparing. All you assholes that think you know, you motherfuckers should be preparing for your release the day you get there. You need to be putting a plan together. Don't be one of them fucking dumbasses sitting out on the yard with the other three dumbasses planning your next crime. It is a college for criminals. People teaching people how to commit crime. Mm -hmm. I learned a few things, but you know what? I work with criminals now, but I'm getting paid legal money. Right, right. I'm giving people guidance. I'm giving people hope. I get people praying. I got people praying for me. I'm no joke. 
You've given me more hope in the last half hour than I've had in the last three years. Just explaining this, you've put my, I've, you've calmed my nerves. You've put me at ease because they're listening to people that do not have the first fucking clue. Well, that's that's got to be really rewarding, you know, for you. I mean, to be because what you're doing, you can see the impact you're making. I'm tired of seeing people. We'll use you as an example. Mm-hmm. You're a smart guy, but you don't know the first fucking clue about this. I'm not even sure why you run this show, but you're doing good. <laughs> but the point is you will get the runaround. They will give you the mm-hmm. runaround. That's just how it is. I got a guy that just went into custody. He was a beer exec or a, a brewing executive and got caught up in a conspiracy. The guy's 68 years old. He has all kinds of medical problems. He's an FCI Butner. They were supposed to put him in the medical center. And there was a bunch of shit done ahead of time. And he was supposed to have all this medical. He just had an operation three days before he went in. The judge mm-hmm. wouldn't give him an extension. And I told his wife, they will screw him over. He will not get this. He will not get the care he needs. She goes, well, how do you know they won't give it to him? I, I said, because it would be the first time in history they followed their own policy. That's just how it is. They don't care. Mm-hmm. You know who Carmine Persico is? Name ring a bell. It does sound familiar. He I don't know who that is. He's head of the Colombo family, a, ma- a mafia crime family. Okay. I think it was yeah, the Colombo yeah. family. He died at FCI Butner because he didn't get his medication. Just recently, a couple weeks ago, he died. Mm-hmm. That's a federal medical center. So they didn't have his meds there. They didn't know this guy who was serving 100 fucking years and he'd been there forever, wasn't supposed to get his meds. They don't care. Yeah. They really just do not care. So it's rewarding to me that I can help people out, give the family hope and guidance in a situation and an environment they know nothing about. And for that, that is the close of my segment on this show. I like it. Before you close it out, how can people get in touch with you? People can get in touch with me by going to a pet store and you find like a fucking carrier pigeon and you write your name on it. All right. To get in touch with me, you can go to wallstreetprisonconsultants.com. If you're drunk, you're lame, you're a fucking moron and you can't remember that, 8555-PRISON. If you're too stupid to know how to spell, 855-577-4766. Or reach out if... Last desperation. If you have to reach out to Lions of Liberty, reach out go. to John. John will tell you how to get a hold of me. And I'll and I'll just point you to the show notes page for this show, lionsofliberty.com slash FF169, where you'll find those phone numbers and that website right there. So Larry, thank you again for coming back on Felony Friday. It was my pleasure, and I look forward to coming on again and exposing my body parts. <laughs> have, have a good night, Larry. <laughs> All right. All right, that is a wrap for today's show. Going to be a really, really quick uh, conclusion here because that interview went long. It was great. Always love having Larry Levine on the show. Just a uh, entertaining guy, and you never quite know what to expect from Larry Levine. Now... We talked about a lot of stuff today, and I love Larry. Larry's fantastic. He has great opinions and all kinds of stuff. He knows, as he pointed out, 
several times. He knows much more than I do uh, about the prison system because he spent a heck of a lot of time in many different prisons throughout the prison system. Understands it inside and out. He is, you know, if, if I was ever in trouble and needed a prison consultant, I would likely go to Larry Levine because he's the expert and uh, he's going to give it to you straight. He's not going to sugarcoat it. He's not going to feed you bullshit. So with that being said, politically, Larry and I, a lot of stuff we probably don't see eye to eye on, but that's fine because his opinion is still, I, I think, a, uh, a valuable perspective to hear. And uh, I was happy to bring you an entertaining show with Larry Levine. Hope you enjoyed it as well. If you're liking what we're doing here at Lines of Liberty, I want to encourage you to support us, to become a patron, to join our Lines of Liberty Pride. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash lines of liberty, signing up at one of the levels we got there, whatever, however much coin you want to dish out, you'll get stuff back in return. That's how it works. So check that out. And that is it. I got nothing else for you guys today. Oh, at the top of the show, I talked about coffee. If you haven't already bought your coffee after hearing that at the top of the show, go do it now. Lionsofliberty.com slash coffee. Pick up a bag of the morning roar. We have whole bean. We have ground coffee. Um, comes in different sizes, different uh, size bags. So you can buy as much or as little coffee as you want. It's the free market, baby. Support the Lions of Liberty. Support Anarcho Coffee. And uh, yeah, get caffeinated with the morning roar. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's show. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of liberty burning. <laughs>